Welcome to season three of the Jada Edwards podcast. You'll get a little bit of Bible teaching, some great stories, and some great interviews along the way. Jada. Yeah, okay. yeah. All right. Hey. So you have this mini series that you did last season where mm-hmm. we're diving into life stories. Yes. What was your idea behind starting that mini series? Why did that come into fruition? Um, by the way, I think we're gonna pick back that pick that back up, just mm. so you know. Um, y'all Dahlia's my like executive chief of staff, chief <laughs> of my life, all the things. So anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, that came into my mind because I just think stories are so important. Mm-hmm. And I think it was called it's called the best story you've never heard because I think I just started looking through podcasts and and listening and even events, you know, in the Christian world. And I kept, I felt like I kept seeing the same names and the same people. Right. And I'm like, once you've heard this person's story, or you've heard them give an interview, what are they saying on the 12th podcast in the, the same, same, thing. same right. in the same few yeah, months? Yeah. I mean, if they've written a book or something new, but I think so often it felt uh, recycled mm-hmm. and there's great value to what a lot, uh, you know, a lot of the content that's out there. But I kept thinking how many people have amazing stories that no one will ever right. hear. Right. And so um, I love people. I really do love people. Uh, it's not always the same as liking people, <laughs> but <laughs> I love people. I love their stories and I just think that testimony, even we look at the end of scripture, we overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of our mm-hmm. testimony. Testimony and story is so important. It's so important. And it's, I love teaching the Bible. Um, story is a part of the Bible. Like when I teach a scripture, I'm thinking about who Matthew was, who Paul was, who Peter was. Like story, even if yeah. you're not in the Old Testament narrative where the content is a story, there's still story. And so um, I just think they're powerful and I wanted to give them a platform. Yeah. And because we're in a local church and because I disciple and meet people all the time, there's no shortage yes. of content. Yes. I keep meeting people and we've all met people and you're talking to them and you're like, what? Right. Is that your life? Like run it back. Run it back. Yes. yes. Or are they talking to you and you're like, yeah, this is my life. And someone else is going, what? Right. And you don't realize. You don't even realize yes. how powerful your story is. Yes. yes. So that's why I love it. And I can't wait to start it back up again. Cool. Well, it's so many resources that are out there. So many personality tests and all of mm-hmm. that. So as somebody who's sitting and listening to this story who might not know their own, what's the steps that you can take to figure out your own life story? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, one real practical tool is like a life map. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of templates out there. You can just Google life map template. And you'll see some that look like timelines and some that look like they're maybe in, like I said, chronological order. Some may be like uh, school, like elementary, middle school, junior high, high school. Mm-hmm. Some may be, you know, where you lived, if you moved a lot, yeah. you know, the different categories, seasons of life. Um, but getting your life story into a format, I think is really important. Yeah. Um, because most of us tend to really start thinking about our stories when a crisis hits, mm-hmm. like something happened, there's been loss or death or something, illness. And then we start thinking about our lives, but there's so much more right, than whatever right. the current crisis is. And so, and if they are, if testimony is a tool that God uses mm-hmm so that we can share the gospel and connect with people, then you need to know yours. And your testimony is not just what you've overcome. That's how the church tends to think of testimony. Your testimony is your life. You testify to who you are and all that has happened in the course of your life. And God was moving in your life even before you said yes to God. Mm -hmm. And people look back on their lives and they're like, gosh, when I was five, when I was seven, oh my gosh, our house flooded. But somehow that... And that connected to this 10 years later, right? And sometimes we don't even... 
we don't even sit with our story long enough. Mm-hmm. Because when you start to unpack that, not only is it healing, you may find places where you need to dig in and find some healing, but it just becomes a, a relational evangelical tool. Yeah. Because when you start thinking about your life at the age of 8, 9, 10, 15, whatever, uh, then you meet people who have similar paths. Mm-hmm. You're like, mm this is random and we have the same otherwise you're just connecting with them with who you are today and that's not all of who you are and so um I just think there's so much so much richness Mm -hmm. to be gained from our own story yes um I think testimony is just powerful I love it yeah and even in going back if you haven't listened to the last series it's so amazing they're all great so good we cry through half of (laughs) them and it's like they're so good and it's even the storytellers the Uh women telling their stories are having epiphanies as they're talking or as right. they prepared because they're like, dang, God has done a yes. lot in my life. And you're life. connecting all the dots all to everything dots. that happened. It's just nothing like mm-hmm. it. And so, yeah, I do it. We, you know, you've been through my discipleship process and uh, some of the, the ladies at the church, some of our other discipleship groups are similar in that we're learning content, we're challenging ourselves on finding life purpose, but that life story, mm-hmm. being able to say, this is my life, knowing that you've got a one hour version of it right. or a 30 minute version <laughs> right. of it or a five minute yeah. version of it. Like this is my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only do you learn about yourself, you learn like spots that need st- still need yes, healing. Cause you exactly. realize you just skim over this whole thing that your dad walked mm-hmm. out on y'all. And you're like, hold on. Wait, right. Wait, we wait, don't wait. talk about that. We, we don't talk, talk about that. <laughs> you know, or what happened to so-and-so who was ill or this person that died mm-hmm. tragically, or, you know, we don't know what happened. When we lost all our money or I just, you know, we never, so when something happened and our family never talked about it or whatever the case may be, things happen to people. Mm-hmm. They experience trauma and abuse and others, and you just learn to survive. Right. So you skip that part of your story. But not only is that unhealthy, that could be the connecting point. Exactly. What if exactly. your ministry is it's being a survivor that of that yep. particular trauma? Mm-hmm. And you can't talk about it because you're like, mm-mm. Right. Nah, I can't, I just need to live my life. Yeah. And God is like, no, I need you to know this because you need to, reconcile a lot of things you need to know that i am still god i was still good even when this thing happened to you you need to know that it doesn't define you that you can be healed from it you need to know that i may use it to connect you with like there's so much Mm -hmm. that we miss because we're just trying to survive right um so i just think there's a lot to that especially when it comes to discipleship not just knowing scripture but knowing your story Mm -hmm. because when then you get to see uh the scripture come to life in a different way. It doesn't right. change the truth of it, but it certainly may affect the application of it for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, that just is such a transformative process and opens us up to connecting. Okay. Right. Cause I think the other thing, knowing your story, I mean, you cannot be arrogant and know your story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you start <laughs> thinking about how many real. times you should have been dead yes. or why you shouldn't have ever got that job or ever finished that course. or Because you're like, it don't even make sense. Right. I right. know I did not get right. myself here. I, I may have done a little part, you know, um, but look at the hand of God. Exactly. There's no reason. I have friends who lived parallel lives and their life is somewhat yeah. different, you know. Even siblings, you're in the Sibling, same, same house. house. Yes. yes, yes. And you're just looking like, why is this my life? Right. Because God is good. And so you start to know your story. You start to realize how little you deserve, how gracious God is. I think it sets us up for humility. Mm-hmm. But also, here's the other thing about knowing your story. I think the more comfortable I am with my story, the less likely I am to live in shame. Yeah, that's so because good. Because 
we just have shame. Mm-hmm. We think about that one thing that if everybody ever knew. Yeah. And and God's like, hey, I've been knowing. Right. <laughs> and I still love you. Mm-hmm. Um, I need you to know this. I need you to be okay with this. Right. Not okay doing it again. Maybe, you know, we need to repent and confess and live in holiness. But, man, shame is such a waste of energy. Yeah. It is just feeling horrible and being unproductive about something you cannot change. I'm like... So the more I know that and the more I'm comfortable with my own story, mm-hmm. the truth of my own story, uh, the less likely I'm going to be crippled by shame. Right. When the enemy brings up stuff, I'm like, I know, I know. And yeah. I'm praying about the grace of God. <laughs> exactly. I'd never do that again. Exactly. But I know. And yeah. he has still called me. So. And the beauty of discipleship, too, is we were sitting together talking through all of these stories and the pieces that you think are shameful. So many people. Everybody's like, girl, you too. Right. Oh, I did that five years before yes. that. What? Yes. Yes. And it's so funny because we did. So for those of you listening or watching, we did, <laughs> we do life stories at the end of almost a two year process and everybody has to go through and tell their life story. They all hate it. They love me <laughs> the after, but they hate it during the whole time. Yes. Every one of you that had to go, I would get a text like right before and they're like, I'm really nervous. I'm not sure if I should say this part, like one or two days leading up. And I'm like, say it, just say it. And every (laughs) single time without fail. And this wasn't 50 women. This is a group of what, 10 to 13. You know, we had some changes over the course of it. Every single time there would be at least two people who were like, yeah, same, same. (laughs) Yes. And so once people start saying it, they start realizing that. Man, hard things happen to all of us. Exactly. And nobody made great decisions their whole life. Mm-hmm. And y- once you know your own story, there's nothing you're going to tell me in your story nothing. that makes me nothing. feel like I got something on you. I'm, yes. like, I'm like, girl, good for you because mm-hmm. my story is a mess. Right. And so, yes, there's so much freedom in that. You start to realize, oh, my Lord. I love it. That was I crazy. Love it. <laughs> Every <laughs> single time. And then you start realizing, what? Right. Three people out of this 12 lost brothers. Two people out of this 12 were victims of mm-hmm. sexual abuse, and now they're trying to figure out their life. Yep. Four people out of this 12 were le- left by dad or had to, I mean, like, yes. what? And yes. God's like, yes, this is the power yes. of community. <laughs> exactly. Because you start realizing exactly. <laughs> that I bring people together mm-hmm. who have these similar journeys. And, and so, it yeah. helps you to extend grace so much more because it's yes. like, now that makes sense. So why yes. you like that? You're right. <laughs> yes. You're acting crazy, but that's right. okay. You know and what? I'm going to pray for you because that's a lot. Listen, you're talking <laughs> about grace. If you, if you, a person's behavior, I mean, they may be driving you crazy mm-hmm. and they may be rude. They may be unforgiving. They may be inflexible, whatever, whatever the thing is. If you get to know their story, you'd be like, you know what? You should be crazy. Look, I, I will take this attitude. I applaud attitude. you for where you are right now. <laughs> you know what? Based on your life, I'll take it. Yes. But we, we don't consider people in light of mm-hmm. stories because we don't really share our stories. Yeah. And so... It absolutely changes everything. As a matter of fact, I'm dealing with a situation right now with if you look at the face value of it, there's a person who was wrong and an error was made. And I could just there could just be consequences Mm -hmm. based on the error. But I'm like, I know this person. Right. I know it. So I don't just see what you did. I'm looking beneath behind all that. I'm saying I'm going to address this. But also, here's what I see. Right. You got to be careful about this because they are more than just their last behavior. Mm-hmm. That's what they're more than the last thing they did to you. The last thing they saw, we have complexity and we really want people to treat us like we're complex. Right. But we want to treat people like they're simple. Yes. You just say what you said mm-hmm. and I don't fool with you. Exactly. But if I say what I say, then you need to understand. And I you was need to unpack, that, that, whole, unpack my whole right. story. So yes, we're all complex and it's beautiful. Yes. It's great. So when it comes, you talked about like the traumatic things that people have been through. How do you get comfortable, one, digging through all of that, but mm-hmm. then also sharing it to people? Like on this podcast, you don't know who's listening on the other side. Right. 
So how do you get to that point? Um, that I think that comes from a couple of things. One, putting God in his place and putting people in their place. Mm-hmm. Um, when you switch them, you're just going to be jacked up. When people become God <laughs> and God is second, like he's mm-hmm. people, he's like, I ain't people. I know your whole story. I know stuff about your story you ain't remember, Jim. Right. Because <laughs> you've been right. blocking it out for the last 15 years. I'm going to bring stuff to your remembrance in five years when you can handle it. Mm-hmm. You know, I know the story that hasn't happened yet. I know your story five years. Like, he knows everything. And Psalm 139, David was like, you know me. You know thoughts before they're formed on my lips. You know, mm-hmm. when I sit down, when I lie, you're intimately acquainted with my ways. And so he knows us. And I think being fully known is the key to being fully loved. You yeah. cannot love fully if you don't know fully. Right. So that means your spouse after 40 years of marriage or your best friend for life, they still can only love you to the degree that they know you. Mm-hmm. It might be more than everybody else, but it's not as much as God. Yeah. And I have to be able to sit with myself when I don't love things about myself and say, God loves me. And this love is a gift. It's not conditional. I can't earn it. I can't lose it. Um, to sit with the unconditional love of God. And then on the flip side to know people's love is conditional. Mm -hmm. And am I willing, what's the worst thing that's going to happen if something embarrassing about me gets out? Right. What's the worst thing? Just take it all the way to the end. You're going to be embarrassed. Your feelings might be hurt. Someone may tell someone else. Okay. Mm -hmm. Will that kill you? Just play it, play it all the way out. Will that kill you? No. Mm-hmm. Uh, what if one person's life is changed by that humiliation? Yeah. Is that worth it? Yes. I don't want to say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want that. But the truth is, it is. Right. It is worth it. And so I think the painful, really uncomfortable parts of our story, you know, not to be shared with everyone, every place, every yes. time. But they have to be tools in the toolkit. You have to know when God is prompting you, mm-hmm. go deeper, mm-hmm. say more. You know, um, you have to have a comfort level with that that says, okay, God, here I am. I'll just put it all out yeah. there. You know, um, I think about even in scripture where you have, you know, you have Peter's denial of Jesus, which was relatively private given church people. Um, but then you have Paul's behavior, which was relatively known. Right. And he couldn't hide it if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. So he's like, let me just lean into this. I'm the chief of all yes. <laughs> I know y'all know me, but let me tell you about this gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes those things that the enemy would want to use as shame really become like significant testimonies to what God can do in our mm-hmm. lives. And it's not, and it may not make us popular, yeah. you know, but it could change lives. And so anyway, keeping God in his place and keeping people in their place, mm-hmm. I think can really help us become comfortable yeah. with the really hard parts of our story. Yeah. And we were talking right before this about like the people who knew you during those times and those hard parts mm-hmm. and they bring it up again. Mm-hmm. One, either the grace yeah. of God right. causes them not to remember what you was like or <laughs> you remember that time that I went off of you? Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> just were so kind well praise god yes yes so it's always harder like going back to the people especially if you're in a ministerial role yeah going back to the people who was there in those moments Mm -hmm. so how do you especially on your platform navigate yeah the people who know your full story well first of all you don't even remember what people remember that'll drive you crazy but i think if you choose if you try to be as genuinely humble as you can then I think people are less tempted mm-hmm. to try to expose you. Yeah. Most people are trying to uncover something they think you're hiding. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, oh, since you so, okay, let right. me remind you right. by spring 2012. <laughs> you know, yeah. you're like, wait, hold on. So I think that humility, and I think 
so there's two things, two ideas that we have to wrestle with with our story, especially when you have, and I use the word platform loosely because it could be in your local church, it could mm-hmm. be in the office, the workplace, it could be with your family, social media, whatever. But transparency and vulnerability are not the same thing. Right. So I can choose to have a measured transparency that I think is beneficial for the body or beneficial for that audience, mm-hmm. that one-on-one conversation, or I'm talking to several people. It's not fake, but it's measured because I don't need to dump my whole life to you. But I may, the Lord may show me things that are appropriate for that moment. Mm -hmm. And he's saying, you need to expose yourself. Right. That's transparency. I'm just letting you see. Um, That helps people. I think that helps you stay humble and people don't feel as compelled to come after you. Yeah. The second thing, though, is vulnerability because... I can let you see, but I don't necessarily have to need something from you in return. Mm -hmm. When I'm being transparent with a group that's not my friends, you know, I'm talking to people or sharing on a podcast, I can just choose to be transparent. I already know I'm not getting anything back. But vulnerability is when you tell your friends something that really hurts your Mm -hmm. feelings. You know, this hurts my feelings. And you know what? This hurts my feelings probably more than it should. Because, you know, ever (laughs) since I was eight, Mm -hmm. like, you know, my, you know, my story. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And you, you want that person to be like, I am sorry. Right. I need, I will try to do better. That's vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can't put that on people. You cannot put vulnerability on everybody. Like those have to be intentional relationships. Yeah. Close friendships. Healthy family relationships, not all family, marriage, you know, um, those community, your intentional Mm -hmm. community, those are the spaces where you're vulnerable. You can be transparent and not be vulnerable. You don't have to be vulnerable every time. You don't want to set the other person up to have to say the right thing or respond in the right way. It's going to set everybody up to fail. Mm -hmm. Um, That vulnerability needs to be thoughtful and it needs to be something that you know, you are like, this is this is a next level in the relationship or this is the nature of our relationship. Yeah. We talk about these things. That has to be something I think that's more agreed upon. Mm-hmm. Whereas transparency can be a really helpful tool that just allow people to see you as very, very human, uh, allows you to stay humble and can be a connection point for people. Mm-hmm. But it's not a place where you're setting yourself up to need something back from the yeah. person. And so I think we have to measure transparency and vulnerability some people post stuff on social media and you can tell they're being vulnerable yeah because they need all this affirmation in the comments i'm like this is not the place yeah, i was about to say is that the time to do that that's not the place <laughs> you need to get that outside of this platform yeah. you need to be able to say transparently here's what i'm going through or here's how i felt and you know that you are in a, it's a healthy transparency rather than an unhealthy vulnerability Mm -hmm. because you don't need everybody to make you feel good about it. And when some sideways comment doesn't agree with what you said and you Mm -hmm. were like, I just put myself out there. But that's not why why you put yourself out there, is (laughs) it? Put yourself out there because either you feel like this is what God's telling Mm -hmm. you to do or it's going to benefit 10 even though 10 other people may say something crazy. That's transparency. I'm choosing to be transparent. I don't need anything back from Mm -hmm. y'all. But we often pick the wrong spaces to be vulnerable as opposed to intentional transparency. So I think those are two things people have to keep in mind with their story. That's good. Yeah. So I disciple a group of ladies. I have the pleasure of being able to disciple. Come on. (laughs) Danis would say second generation. I know, right? I love talking about you. Y'all have to know Danis's. Go back to the first. (laughs) Go back to the first story. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So with that, I have a lot of young adults that are in my group and Fortunately, like my mom always raised us knowing that your story should be better than the last generation before you. So mm-hmm. there's no reason why your mom went through something and you haven't learned from mm-hmm. that. And so for the people who might not have all the trauma and things in their story and they n- might not be able to share it on a podcast, how do you still see value in your story mm-hmm. even though it's not as glamorous as some other people's might be? Yeah, I think we, we kind of um, 
we idolize tragedy to some strange extent in our culture i'm like why who wants to be the most traumatized like i don't understand but i think it's just um what is has shock value what gets people's attention what may garner sympathy things like that man your story it doesn't matter how mundane it is to you you know Mm -hmm. it's not it's not there to get ratings right (laughs) it's it's just who you are your story is not for ratings not for likes and stars nobody's gonna leave a review it's your story. Mm-hmm. And um, I used to think that because I grew up in church. Right. I came to know the, of the Lord at a very early age. Same. And um, I was like, dang, I used to hear these stories of people who were like, I was on drugs and in I the know. street. I met God and the, in the Lord alley. snatched like, me up out the alley. I'm like, yeah. oh. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to snatch me up out of Wednesday night Bible study, but here I am, Lord. It just felt exactly. like i just been in church all my life. But the Lord was like, similar to how similarly to how he called Peter to Jews and Paul to the Gentiles. He was like, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Church people need to know your story. Yeah. Church people need to know they had a, maybe not a before and after Christ, but they had a before and after mm-hmm. of get right. Right. <laughs> you, for real, for real. <laughs> yes. You know, when your heart was surrendered, they mm-hmm. need to know what it's like to sit in church every day and your heart not be surrendered right. to know scripture and not really be living it out. They need to know that mm-hmm. Jay to tell them, tell them your story. Yeah. And so, there's significance and God is going to put you in spaces where your story makes the most sense. And so I'm in a lot of church spaces because part of my passion in ministry is taking this same Bible they probably grew mm-hmm. up with and helping them to see it differently. Because I'm like, y'all, I grew up with these scriptures too, but they weren't changing my life right. the way they should it have. real different. You got <laughs> it real different, yes. And so I want them to see those things they've always had available to them differently. I want them to see the significance, the difference between church participation and like a changed heart, like mm-hmm. that nuance that changed my life. And so if I were to walk away 20 years ago and say, well, since my story is not worthy of Dateline, right. you know, <laughs> just forget it, God. Yeah. He'd be like, okay. But if... There's a thousand, hundred thousand people out there who have n- they're not recovering addicts, and they didn't grow up with a, they grew right. up with two parents, right. and they weren't abused, and that was not their story. Then that's not gonna resonate with them. Mm-hmm. They need someone whose life was like theirs, right. and so your life is like somebody's, and God uses that to bring ministry. Mm-hmm. And so, man, don't don't try to measure your story. Just know it. And just watch God start to bring people across your path that need parts of that story. Yeah, that's so good. Because yeah. that, that's a conversation all the time. And even me hearing people in discipleship, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I went first. I could yeah. add a little bit of resume. Right, right, right. <laughs> so it, it's yeah. a hard place to be in yeah. when you're comparing life stories. This is what you went through. You're yeah. emotionally tied to those things. So mm-hmm. that's so good. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yes. Yay. <laughs> so know your stories. <laughs> in terms of resources, anything that you can advise people to take away from this, we can put things in the notes as mm-hmm. well that should be the next step to discover your story. Well, I mean, there's so many books out there on purpose and, and knowing yourself and leading yourself. Just be wise. Mm-hmm. I, I don't always list specific books on topics like this because I think different tools apply to different people. Yeah. There's a lot of elements to your story. Um, you may be very comfortable with your spiritual gifts, you know, have an idea of your personality and you can use colors, you can use animals, you mm-hmm. can use different ways, a million tests out there. It doesn't right. matter. Just find the actual summary that kind of resonates with you. Look at that. Think about your family. Um, there is I'll, I'll say this because I don't know if it's written anywhere. I think we call it the five H's that really help you know mm-hmm. your story. And that's heritage. Like, think about your family, mom and dad, what household was like. And that's heroes, the people who really impacted your life, who spoke mm-hmm. positively into you. Um, high moments, what sticks out to you mm-hmm. when you want to 
football competition when you won that trophy, when you were the smartest in class or learning how to ride a bike or whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. Write it down because mm-hmm. you'll start to see the pattern. Uh, hurts, mm-hmm. like what were devastating moments. Death, disappointment. Sometimes as kids, we just remember the first time somebody talked about us. Right. Um, you just remember the first time a boy didn't like you. He liked your friend. Like, mm-hmm. you need to write that down because those things speak into who you are. Yeah. Um, highlights. Like, if you look over your life, what's the consistent thing? I was always in sports. Mm-hmm. I was always the quiet kid. I was always funny. Those kinds of things. Um, and then, what was that? Heritage. Hand of Earth. God. Hand of God. That's look at you. You better know that's him. The one. <laughs> yeah, and that's usually the one you do last. Yeah. You know, you start, you sit back and you look at your life story at the 50,000 foot level and go, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Um, how in the world? Right. That, oh, that was God. Right. <laughs> that, in fact, was not me. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought uh, that was a hard time, but it actually was the yes, hand of God. Yes. Yes. And so, hand of God, seeing the providence mm-hmm. of God. You know, I love the story of Ruth for that reason because it never really explicitly says God is providing, but you just see the providence. And it wasn't the supernatural major moves of God. Mm -hmm. It was the death of some men and the life of Ruth and her mother-in-law. And Ruth makes a choice. They get to the place and Ruth's mother-in-law says, here's how you're redeemed by kinsmen. Ruth, you go do the work. You go to the Mm -hmm. field. Then another human being, Boaz, responds. And then they become in the lineage of Christ. It was never a supernatural, unexplained move of God. But it was certainly the providence yeah, and the hand exactly. of God. And so very often it's God showing up through people mm-hmm. in our lives or wondering why you moved to that city you hated, but he protected you because there were things there you yeah. didn't need to be a part of. So hand of God, yes. I that's number it. six. So yeah, it. do the H's and that's such a good starting mm-hmm. point. And if you know, you like visual and aesthetics, you might find a cool <laughs> template to put it into. But knowing it is really, really the most important thing. I love it. It's been so good. So Thanks, good. now. You're such a good that. interviewer. Am I? Yes. <laughs> Am I really? <laughs> Yes. Yes. Thanks for joining us, y'all. See you next time. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, make sure to leave a comment, leave a review, share, subscribe, all the things, and we'll catch you next time.